Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. Good morning. This is Ursula, your host with NABWIC Talks. Good morning. This is Ursula again. Apparently there is some technical difficulty. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry, NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. 
Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom. I am your host for Navwick Talks, and I am the CEO of Sula2, which is a legacy writing and publishing company. We capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible, from books to live performances to legacy walls. And I'd also like to give a special thank you to my program director, Tina Williams, who is the CEO of Williams Professional Water Restoration Service, for arranging for us to have a wonderful guest today and every week. That is what she does. And today our guest is Mercedes Young, who's CEO of Vivid Construction Group, LLC. Mercedes has extensive experience with work in Florida on projects for the Florida Department of Transportation, be that county, city, and civil engineering, and all aspects of PD&E, and design of urban and rural highways and general infrastructure projects. There Good morning. This is Ursula again. We are having some technical difficulty this morning. Apparently, um, there is some issues with control. So I think we've worked it out, and we're going to restart this with the guest that I have for you today because I do not want you to miss her. She is awesome. So um, just bear with us. Uh, it's about to happen. The guest that we have today is Lisa Pallone, and it's possible that you're hearing me twice now. Um, hold on. Okay. Lisa Cologne is a partner with the Florida, I mean, the Fort Fort Lauderdale office of Smith, Curry, and Hancock, LLP. Lisa is a
uh, out of the Fort Lauderdale office. I am um, uh, a construction lawyer, board certified by the Florida Bar, and I represent um, all parties in all sorts of construction and real estate development matters. And I'm happy and uh, to be with you guys today. Hello. Hello. Hello, um, Lisa. There is a problem with Blog Talk. I don't know if you can still hear me, but I can the hear you. The station itself is having some issues. Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. So, to our listening audience, we apologize, but it's somewhat out of our control. And um, if you, if I drop off, Lisa, just keep talking because <laughs> we want to hear about your story. So um, 
at this point, you've given your, your introduction, as I understand, and now what I'd like to know is how did you get started with law, and, and why is this a space for you? Um, well, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. So I was one of those kids that knew what they wanted to do from very early on. I, I kind of fell into construction law uh, out of law school. I um, came out of law school right on the heels of the first big real estate boom um, uh, turn of the century. So, and so I worked with a, a small firm that did some real estate work and in that, uh, the partners of the firm started doing development work, and I kind of just cut my teeth there. Um, and once I fell into it, um, really found the practice of this area really interesting because I don't have a technical background. So every day was a learning experience for me, and I get to help people build stuff. So it, that is uh, inex- exciting in itself. Every day I learn something new. I've been doing this for 20 years, and every day is an adventure. Every day is a lesson in uh, in, in learning um, something that I did not know about before. So what do you consider your greatest achievement so far? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm really proud of the practice that I'm continuing to build, um, especially in this space as a uh, woman of color. Um, and uh, I, I I know that I, I set an example for those that are coming um, after me, and I'm really proud of the work um, that my team and I do uh, every day for our clients. So um, every, every day I wake up with a satisfaction um, that I'm actually uh, doing good and helping helping people. And to that end, if I'm a new company and I've not dealt with lawyers before, and um, I'm about to approach you for the first time. I got my name. I'm legal. But what are some of the keys to success that you would suggest to me? As a small business starting in the space or as hiring a lawyer? Well, let me let me take those two. Um, to, I think those I could break that up into two uh, answers. Um, I think... Starting your company, I mean, entrepreneurs are um, amazing people because every day uh, you wake up with um, with the unknown and uncertainty and you just have to face it. I, I think uh, organization is really key and having really good team members. Um, one of the things I tell all my small business clients is that you want to make sure – um, when you're looking at where you're investing your money um, back into your company, make sure that you have a really good accountant. Make sure that you have a really good um, uh, a lawyer. Um, make sure that you have a really good partner. And in that, when I say partner, I mean someone who is on your team that um, can manage the day-to-day uh, duties of running a company that you probably can't do as the owner. So I think um, just having really good, trusted team members uh, is, 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 is key. You can't do everything by yourself. Um, you can't go it, go it alone, although many entrepreneurs p- 
put on their cape and feel like they can do that. I think you really have to have, um, starting up your company, starting up a business, you really have to have the fundamentals in place to really find success. And with that is making sure, just things that we probably, that I probably take for granted as a lawyer, but making sure you have um, the correct uh, legal uh, structure, the correct um, taxing structure, that you have the correct bank account structure, uh, all of that stuff has become so important as you grow your business. Um, so now I have a, a question because years ago I was involved with a company that was audited quite frequently as um, a matter of practice, internal and external. And one of the things that I realized that I kind of liked them because it proved that my procedures were in place. <laughs> and um, I now realize that as a small business, I've got to put some of those same things in place. Now, the reason I bring that up is you talked about um, not going it alone. And where I am is trying to put procedures in place so that I can have somebody really work with me and, and, as I bring someone on, I realize I have to have all those instructions. But how does that play out when it comes to legal versus functional? I, I know I said a whole bunch there, but somewhere no, in there yeah, is, no, is a pony. I, <laughs> I think I could take that. So, you know, when you think about running a company, you kind of have to have the different buckets, right? You have to think of um, what different compliance issues that I um, am I going to face if you're going to hire staffing. Obviously, employment is a big bucket, right? Um, so you have to uh, figure out about employee manuals and compliance and wage laws and this your workers' compensation. There's so many compliance issues that just in the employment bucket alone um, that you have to tackle. And then if you're in construction, um, that that's a whole nother, you know, you have a whole nother probably 10 buckets that we can rattle off and don't have time to discuss. Um, but you have, to, you have to think about, you know, just back-of-the-house processes and, and every job comes with a certain different type of compliance. I mean, if you work in the public space and if you if your clients are mainly governmental agencies, um, you do have to have policies and procedures in place um, because audit is real. Um, spend the, the, the spending of uh, and receiving of public funds, taxpayers' money, comes with a lot of uh, consequences if um, if reporting is not done properly, so I think, and that can be that can become a huge um, hurdle, and and seems like too much to handle for a small business right away. And and my advice to my clients is just take one project at a time. You know, you you sit down, you you get your contract, your um, you're ready to work on your project. Um, really sit with your contract and and your lawyer. And figure out what is ex what what exactly are the things that I need to uh, comply with as I move forward um, in, in the process, I, and then start putting checklists and 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 um, and start figuring out the organization for it. Where am I keeping the documents? Um, what kind of documents am I creating? What kind of documents already exist? What kind of the documents I need to get from the public entity or my owner entity? Um, and, and that kind of organization. Um, needs to happen as soon as you enter into the deal or as soon as you're even bidding for the work. You kind of have to begin to set that up for your company. Otherwise, it can be an overwhelming task um, as you go forward. 
And as you know, if you have to get audited and you're not prepared and you're not uh, organized in that way, um, then you're really starting from behind the eight ball. Uh, to that end, a friend of mine um, was a con- well a um, okay without disclosing all the information <laughs> was involved with a construction project where um, it went wrong. Okay, and the feds came in. And heads roll, but his didn't because he kept journals and could prove everything that he advised that he did that were not um, followed through based on his advice. Um, How often have you seen those kinds of situations and the good and the bad of that? Wow. Um, Yes, so kind of, you know, this is this part of what we do. Um, unfortunately, um, I have not been involved where, you know, I've been, been invo- I haven't been involved in a project where people actually have gone to jail, but I certainly read about it and certainly lecture on, on it um, all the time about, you know, what can happen when you're on a, especially a federal project or any type of governmental project and, and, and the big boys come in um, uh, to audit you and, uh and, and start finding you and start uh you know looking into your operations not a pleasant place to be um I, you know one of the things that lawyers joke about and I always tell my clients is you can never have too much paper you can never have too much evidence as a matter of fact I want you I, the the person with the most evidence and the person with the most paper oftentimes finds themselves in the better position or in the upper hand in any legal battle, any legal situation. So, th- again, this is where um, reporting and processes come in. Um, you want your employees uh, to, uh, on the compliance side, you you want to document day-to-day what's happening on any construction project. Um, daily reports, something that almost every contractual relationship will require a contractor to do, has to be done, and if you're the general contractor, you should make it, be making sure that your, all of your subcontractors are reporting back to you on a daily basis. I always tell folks, you know, we live in a technological age right now, and uh, our world is in our ha- uh, literally in the palm of our hands. Um, and with the cell phone, with an app, there's so many different applications and so many different uses for the machine that we carry around every day that we can use to document um, uh, our work. Uh, With that, too, on the flip side of it, um, the caution is be careful what you're writing down and be careful of how you're saying it. You always have to, um, any any email, any text message, uh, any voicemail message, any uh, report that you're writing, always write it um, you know, I was in a meeting yesterday on a really big project here in Broward County, and one of the lawyers uh, that was in that meeting said, always write everything that, um, with the thinking that one day your mom is going to read it, right? Uh, uh, or one day it's going to be printed by the Sun Sentinel or the Miami Herald. You know, just be careful of what you're writing and write it in a way um, that just really talks about the facts and not about your emotions and not about your feelings and don't draw conclusions. Always just jot down and document the facts. Well, that that 
is going to um, fly kind of in the face of something I was about to say, so maybe it'll open up a conversation about this. One of the things as a um, historian, as a person that loves the story, I really liked um, the way that my friend wrote his um, daily reports because they had a sense of humor to it and ultimately could become something that would tell the story of events that surround his life. Um, and and now with what you're saying, there has to be a balance so that it's not incriminating in any way. But <laughs> what it could actually be for me is a means of documenting that you did something. Because a lot of times as uh, a person that goes back into people's lives and, and try to pull out what they've done, their life turns a little sound bite. Even if you're having lived it, you don't remember half of the stuff that you did. Like when I was at um, my long-term career and I found paperwork from there, there are things that I just didn't remember. Even somebody gave me a, a party. It was a surprise party, and I had a piece of paper that said, don't tell Ursula. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't remember that, not that part of it. And and for for the human interest side of it, these things that are so tedious can also be a means of re- recapturing your own story. No, I, I agree, and it, it doesn't really fly in the face of um, being authentic and being you, because that, at the end of the day, um, only bodes well for the individual telling the story. I think what I, I caution against is... Um, uh, the situations as a lawyer, I am often uh, put in the place where I have to uh, defend something my client wrote in an email, and and you know it's there, it's in writing. I can't take it back. And the other lawyer, you know, a, a good lawyer will always be able to um, put you in a hole, put you put you put your back behind a wall if you write something um, that is. Not only with fact, not 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 only factual, but when you start drawing your own conclusions. Remember, when you end up in any sort of litigation or you're t- talking to a lawyer, it's usually not your best. Um, you're not there for fun, right? <laughs> you're usually there to solve some kind of problem that's pressing. Um, and what I, I tell my clients is, you know, once you just document the facts, then we can take the facts and we can tell the story. Um, but once you begin to put your emotions and you begin to um, draw your own conclusions based on the fact, uh, off of those facts, then you you know you're you're coming with a story that now we have to unravel. Let me give an example because it may not be, um, from what I'm saying, it may not be apparent what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, for example, one of the things that we deal with on construction projects all the time is delays. Um, if you are sending an email to, if you're a general general contractor and you're sending an email to your subcontractor client, you want to be careful about using the words. Well, you're delaying the critical path of the project. Um, you don't know that probably right then and there. That's that's an analysis that's usually done uh, um, by some expert at some point. Um, instead of saying, well, you're delaying the critical path of the project. The, fa- the the way that report or that email should be written is, well, you did not, you know, you la- yesterday you had three men on the project. We expected you to work through X amount of square footage, and you didn't work through X amount of square footage. Um, 
that's different, right? Those are just the facts, right? You had you were expected to do X amount of work. You didn't bring in the, enough labor. Um, you didn't work through that. At the end of the day, somebody's going to draw the conclusion whether that was a delay and whether it was on the critical path of the project. So that's what I, I mean by be careful of just writing the facts down and not necessarily telling the story through your documentation. That is a wonderful example, and, and what it brings to mind is that it it keeps you from blaming or placing fault because it may turn out that your people didn't give them the authorization to have the, the I mean, to start when they were supposed to start up, to arrive when they were supposed to arrive. So at least that flushes out what the facts are. And I love the statement, um, you bring the facts and we'll tell the story. I love that. And we have a question from a listener, um, and I know who this is. This is Ms. Ann McNeil. Welcome to the conversation. Good morning. <laughs> and I'm so excited, Lisa. There's no way you would know that you start the show in my newsletter. I have a newsletter that I, a series I'm doing called Safety in Many Counselors. And when you started talking about the different counselors, it, 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 there's no way you would know that. And I just found out that you were the guest on the show because you are my advocate in my newsletter this month that was going out yesterday about safety in legal counsel. That's and so wonderful. I just could not. <laughs> it is, it's not funny. It is not funny. But um, I was using your photo uh, you know, the photo you posted, for those who don't know, Lisa is actually doubling as a beautiful model. So uh, <laughs> the, the photo you posted is a gown standing in front of what, what appears to be a mansion. So I was using that photo, but I think the photo you gave us to use for this show is probably a little bit more appropriate because we would like to have to get some clients out of this post. This, uh, this highlighted that I'm, I'm using of you. But I, I want to just come on and just say thank you for sharing this information. It is phenomenal. And I'm going to have my office hold back on my newsletter so we can add some of your quotes inside the newsletter before we send it out. So thank Absolutely. you so very much for sharing because this is phenomenal information. Thank you, Absolutely. Ursa, um, great quest. Great, 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 great host and great guest. Thank you both. Absolutely. And thank, thank you, you Anne. It's always a pleasure to hear from Anne. She's always so generous with her compliments. <laughs> and on that note, you know, there's always a segment within the show that we talk about how do we know about NABWIC? So what was your introduction and how has it impacted your life? <laughs> well, I actually um, met Anne Gosh, I want to say probably 2008, 2009, and um, Anne had already started, and I, I, when I say started, put pencil to paper with NABWIC, and I kind of helped her and was there in the beginning trying to get it off the ground. Um, so it was just through my interaction um, and, and networking with Anne that I uh, learned of NABWIC, and I, you know, I like to think of myself as one of the folks I was there in the beginning. Oh wow, that's amazing! You are a part <laughs> of history. <laughs> I love those kinds of stories and those kinds of connections. 
Um, and to that end, let's roll it back a little bit further than that. Um, I'm always intrigued at successful people like yourself, how you got started. Now, I'm not talking about in business, but being you. Who inspired you? What was the five-year-old Lisa like? Oh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. It's funny you asked this question. Um, my grandmother, who helped raise me, um, is was the most amazing, um, smartest, strongest, all the ist that you can say women that <laughs> woman that I've, I've I've ever met and I've ever known. Um, she's no longer with us, but she is my guiding strength every day, and she's the person that um that molded the five year old Lisa. Um and and you know, I, I tell folks my story is um probably not different than many um others that are in my position, but you know, I I, I came from a single family home. Um my grandmother raised me and I just uh always heard from her the importance of education. Um, how you know, education was the way out of our poverty. Education was the way, um, something that no one could ever take from me. No, whether I was rich or poor, no matter what circumstances life threw at me, I would always have my education. And so that was very, always very influential in my um, in my upbringing and in, in, in growing forward. And I was always just raised to be very independent um, and not you know, kind of, my grandmother raised me to live in a world where don't really ever put your eggs in one basket and don't really rely on folks to get you where you are. You are solely responsible for um, uh, for your life, and I you know I take that those lessons with me every day. That um, brings to mind something I just saw on Facebook that was quite profound. It was a bulletin board at a school that. It said, meet the person that's responsible for your actions, your future, and uh, all of those kinds of things. And it was a series of mirrors. It was a mirror, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, that's probably the best life lesson you can teach kids. You know, there's no one, no matter what circumstances you arise from, and, you know, society throws blocks at at everybody, everybody. Every day, and I mean, literally, I mean, just yesterday, I was made aware of a, a, a hurdle or a stumbling block that was being kind of thrown at me from uh, left field from somebody that I didn't even really think would throw, you know, try to t- try to put a wrench um, in 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 my plan. But that's life, you know. There's there that's unfortunately life, and um, what you have to remember is that you are the only person that um, you're the only person that can fight for you the hardest. You're the only person that is responsible for your decisions. Um, you're the only person that's going to live with the consequences of those decisions. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly will uh, try to impart that on on the kids in my family and my nephews that uh, at the end of the day, um, it's not mom, it's not dad, it's not auntie, it's it's you. It's you're the one that... that uh, you're the one that's the responsible for crafting your life. And when it doesn't work out, the only person that's responsible for it not working out is you. And so what are you crafting for your future? What do you see coming around the, pe- the, around the corner? 
<laughs> you know, um, uh, continuing to, to, to grow and build my practice uh, is something that I'm really focusing on right now. Um, thank goodness I, you know, I, I've lived through uh, in the in the height of uh, of my young career, probably the worst recession that I hope I'll never see again. Um, I took a lot of lessons from that, and now I am looking at uh, uh, what the the next half of my career will look like, and just trying to put in place the things that um, you know. I, I always I, I, t- two things. I try to live for today. Um, because, uh, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. But I do try to plan for tomorrow. Um, and so what, I, what I'm trying to do right now in my career is put the things in place, get the things that I need to be in place so that I know what, um, you know, I, I know what, I'm 20 years in, so I can, I know what, four, you know, I, I'm trying to plan to what 40 years in looks <laughs> looks mm-hmm. like as a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, just you know, just look having a little bit of uh, a forward vision. I I believe that everyone, no matter what you do, whether you're a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business. You constantly have to reinvent yourself, um, and you constantly have to educate yourself because the world is moving so quickly, um, and and technology and new processes are, are 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 every day. And I think we you know you owe it to yourself to. It, life is a kind of one big learning. Life is one big school, and you. Um, I, I'm always on the quest to learn um, and to and to grow, and and that's kind of where I, I, I find myself now. And that's a great setup for what probably will be my last question for you. Um, and this is, as you answer this, at the end of this, I want you to give how people can reach you. But to set that up, when, you know, as life changes, business changes, there's always this hot new thing that, that, that is important right now because it's trending. So in, the, in your profession, what is the hot new thing right now that people need to be aware of? Like in, in, in the security industry, you know, cyber theft and all that kind of stuff is, is really hot or whatever. So in for for the businesses that are listening to us now, you are seeing what happening more often, and here's and and you're the person that can solve the problem. So, what is that, and how do they reach you? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> well, you know, a couple of things that are are big right now. Um, in in. It's always technology, right? So, and I don't understand a lot of it, but you know, a, a blockchain is one of the things that I am trying to uh, understand and learn um, how to use blockchain in in contract negotiations. Um, that is a a really hot topic now, and of course, I I think we I don't think we can get away from cybersecurity. Um, you know, it's such a it, we are in inundated uh daily with cybersecurity threats even of even in my law firm um and they don't you know the, you you think of when people think of cybersecurity they think you know right now uh, unfortunately what's in the news you know you think of russian hacking and all of that but just folks just just uh, hackers out there of people trying to uh, just using emails that look um like a normal email um that 
is a virus or is a way to get into in, into your system, into your network, um, that's huge for everyone. Um, that's huge for lawyers. It's huge for um, it's small businesses. And I think, um, you know, when we talk about getting your, your team together, um, you, we can't ignore. We can't ignore having a very strong IT um, some IT person that's knowledgeable that is protecting our um, our uh, our intelligence, our online intelligence, our our, our digital footprint. <laughs> and how do they reach you? Oh, you can reach me. Sure, um, I'm at Smith Curry. You can find me online at www.smithcurry.com, or you can, the best way to to reach me is email me, and my email is l as in Lisa l cologne c o l o n at Smith Curry. That's s m i t h c u r r i e dot com. And it is also on our or within our description for this show. It has been a pleasure once we got rolling. <laughs> Thank you so much it's always a pleasure to join this group. It's it's always a pleasure. So um, oh, great. Um, yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Likewise. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye bye. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.